had a great time on the weekend, of course. There were, uh, the, uh, the, the markets were on. Uh, there, were, uh, there were some people who actually went to a bit of outreaching in the, uh, the Rundle Mall on Friday night. And then, uh, of course, here on, uh, on Sunday, uh, with uh, Nari's uh, mum getting baptised, and uh, there are other people, a couple more people the week before who got baptised. And so the word of God's uh, going out. And so obviously people are able to see that there's something that they're able to have and something that attracts them along here. And uh, in Matthew chapter 5, and it's talking about uh, you and me, and we think sometimes this is way above who we think we are. Uh, verse 14, it says, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. And you say, what, what me? <laughs> light of the world? Well, the Lord might be the light of the world. and so, But without us... Well, he's, he's invisible, isn't he? People don't actually see him. They actually see his works, though. They see the things that he does. And in a way, I like, I like to think of it along the lines of, um, you know, God's always there. You know, God is light. When we read about the things about with him, there's no uh, variable, not a shadow of turning and those sorts of things. But people will have a look around and they say, okay, so, so where is God? Well, sometimes for light to be seen, there has to be fluorescence. Now for those of you who don't really quite understand that, I'll, I'll just sort of just give a quick little uh, explanation on that. These lights that we see up here at the moment, we used to have fluorescent lights up here. They're now a different style of light, an LED type thing and so on. But in a fluorescent light, the actual light that's created in them is ultraviolet, which means you don't actually see it. And you use it like as, as a black light. Okay, it's a black light. There's a coating, there's a coating, a white powder coating on the inside of the tube. And as the uh, ultraviolet light hit that coating, it would be absorbed and then be re-emitted in a number of colours, a number of wavelengths that our eyes are actually able to detect. So definition, fluorescence is a conversion of a high-energy light photon, that's a little packet of light that's made, a high-energy light photon to a number of lower-energy ones. Now, we can't see the really high-energy ones. We can't see God. God is all around about us. He illuminates the whole universe, but it's not a form that's detectable to our eyes generally. So it has to be converted in some way to a form that's able to be seen. And the Lord's chosen in his wisdom, or well, he's going to use you and me, he's going to use the church. He's going to, his energy, his light, he's going to have an interaction that's going to come through us. It's not a straight reflection. If it was a straight reflection, people still wouldn't be able to see it. It's got to be converted into something for natural people to be able to actually see. It goes on here, um, you are the light of the world, it says, a city that's set on a hill can't be hid. It says, Neither do men light a candle or put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it gives light unto all that are in the house. And so the instruction for us, you're the light of the world, so let your light shine. That's the instruction. You're the light of the world, let your light shine. And we want to think about well, how, how we do that just a, uh, um, a little bit. It says, So uh, uh, let your light uh, so shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. 
that somehow the things that are seen in us, that people make a connection back to, oh, this this originally must have come from God. And they get attracted, and we've seen things, and that attracted us along, and we've come along for a good uh, a good look see about those things. You know, the Bible talks about uh, you know about us being uh, in like Ephesians chapter one. So for those people who are along here tonight, I thought, oh goodness me, he started talking about science and so on. <laughs> I feel like I must go to sleep. <laughs> Some people like that as soon as people talk about science type things. No, we're talking about the word of God here and about our connection to Him. In Ephesians chapter 1, and it talks about us being able to see and recognize, you know, there's all sorts of light that's around the place for us to be able to see and recognize those things that are actually true light and those things that are not. There's some things that actually just don't, uh, don't, don't make the grade. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 18, and it says to us here, it says about the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. There's a revelation that comes along with these things and seeing the works of God. And we actually get, the Bible talks about gifts of discernment, various things whereby we will have a look at some people, they might talk all of the talk, and they might use all of the terminology, and we have a look and say, oh, that's not the real light though. That's not the one that actually makes the difference in people's lives. And so he had to do something to, for us, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that you might know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. You know, you talk about some things being a, 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 a beacon of light. There might be a signpost, it might be there for protection and so on. You know, many years ago, John Howard's acceptance speech, when he became Prime Minister, and he said, Australia will be a beacon of democracy, tolerance and hope. It would have been theme music that went along with that, I guess, or something rather like that. But, you know, the reality is, there's people in the Lord, it's the church, that's the real beacon of hope. That's where you're going to see the things that people can, uh, can, can, can uh, get to know the Lord. So, uh, uh, verse 18 again, the eyes of your understanding being lightened, that you may know what's the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And it says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power? according to the working of his mighty power. Exceeding greatness of power to us, we believe, according to the working. The working there is the energy. It's the effectual working of his mighty power, says, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him in his right hand and put him in heavenly places. So there's a purpose on things, and that is to eliminate a, uh, a path for others. In Hebrews uh, chapter 10, just flick over, we're not too far away from that. And we've become different people, of course. We've become new people in the Lord. And we find here, uh, just to do with the light and the word about being illuminated, in Hebrews chapter 10, just in verse 32 here, it says, The call to remembrance, the former days, as if to draw a comparison. Have a look and see what things were and what they are now. But call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of afflictions. You know, uh, Eddie was there saying about that, uh, you know, somebody received the Holy Spirit today, uh, saying about from some of those uh, uh, cultures. And uh, now, now he said they might get a bit of curry. I don't know which culture he was talking about. 
if, if it was a Greek, is it Sivlaki or something? They get a bit of Sivlaki or something or other like that? They don't all get curry yet. It's not all curry, okay? So, anyway, but we want to take, we want to get that guy along here if we're able to. It says, you endured a great fight of afflictions. It says, partly whilst you were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly while you became companions of those who were so used. So you were illuminated, we were illuminated, and the light went out, and it drew attention to us all, didn't it? It draws attention, because our lifestyle changes, and the things that come from us, the things that come out of our mouth and the things of our, our conduct, it actually does draw attention to us, but it makes a difference to the whole world. In Acts chapter 13, we won't turn to that one here at the moment, it says, the Lord has commanded us. He's saying, I have set you to be a light to the Gentiles. The people of this world, whether we like it or not, after we come to the Lord, there's a difference that shows. We might all like to fly a little bit under the radar, but there is a difference. And the Lord says, because I've set you up. I've set you to be a light for the Gentiles, that you should be for salvation under the ends of the earth. What an amazing thing to tell us that you should be for salvation under the ends of the earth. Boy, are we employed or what? What a position for us to be in. And it tells about it in the the days when these things were written, and when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad. There's salvation for them, and they glorified the word of the Lord, it says. This is in Acts chapter 13, you might find it afterwards for yourself. It says, as many as were ordained, to eternal life, believe. And that word got published throughout all of the region. So we're told as well, we were once in darkness, but now light in the Lord. So the instruction again is in Ephesians chapter 5, we'll walk as children of light. Let's go back to Isaiah in chapter 50. Now the Lord talks about you know, his light and talks about his fire, talks about the fire of the Holy Ghost. And we know there's a lot of people who try to have sort of other little sort of flames around the place and say, oh, we're, we're still the same. We're all still the same. We're, oh, yeah, we're, we're, you've, got a, you've got a flame. Oh, well, we've got our little flame here and so on. And sometimes our flame looks prettier than yours. There's a little warning here that comes in the, uh, the book of Isaiah and chapter 50 and just in verse 11, and it's talking about some people who kindle a fire, but it's not the one that the Lord kindled. So Isaiah 50 verse 11, it says, Behold ye that kindle a fire, that compass yourselves about with sparks. That compass yourself about with sparks. Joe, you know, we can have a big fire that actually on a cold night warms us. We can have other people who light sparklers and they look pretty. They set off fireworks, and there's colours, and they look pretty. But they don't warm anybody. They don't cook any food with them, they don't do any... It doesn't actually do any... It looks looks beautiful, and it's there for a flashing moment. And people will go, ooh, and ah, and they'll see those things. But the Lord is instructing us here, you've got to have a fire that actually does something for you. 
the fire can't just be an entertainment level and so on. So it says, Behold, all you that kindle a fire, the compass that you saw is about with sparks, he says, Well, you go and walk in the light of your fire and in the sparks that you have kindled. You just go and enjoy that for a little bit. He says, This you'll have of mine hand. You'll lie down in sorrow. In the Amplified it tells us, it says, Behold, all you, enemies of your own selves, who attempt to kindle your own fires and work out your own plans of salvation, who surround and gird yourselves with momentary sparks, darts and firebrands that you set aflame, walk in the light of your self-made fire, and the sparks that you have kindled for yourself, if you will, but this you have of my hand, you shall lie down in grief and torment. It won't be sufficient. It won't provide for you in your life what you need. You can't invent another salvation. There's no similitude. There's nothing that you can light. There's going to be just an attention grabber for that little moment for other people that's actually going to really help anybody long term. And it is really saying about, if you try to invent another salvation, it won't warm you. It won't, you, you can't maintain it. You can't keep the fireworks going continuously for hours and hours at a time. You can light a fire, you can keep putting the fuel on, you can keep giving it to energy and so on. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 60. I'm not far away from that. So there's only a couple of things here tonight just to encourage us in uh, you know, this thought. You know, Jesus said, you're the light of the world. That means that we actually have to have a public presence. That means we actually have to conduct ourselves well in our own homes and in our own community, whether it's work or school or wherever it is, because the Lord will draw attention to us. There's things about us that people will notice whether we like it or not. And we've just got to get used to that idea that we're in service to the Lord. Isaiah 60, in just a moment, you know, back in Daniel, it talks about people who are wise, the people who actually do the, you know, the, uh, the, the right thing in their life. They talk about if you want to have some sort of brightness as something that's going to be impressive, in Daniel chapter 12, it talks about and they that will be wise will shine as the brightness of the firmament. This is and they that turn the, uh, many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. If you want to have an attractive light, you want to be one of those. You want to fit in with all of those. In Matthew chapter 13, uh, uh, we're told there, uh, then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Then shall the righteous shine forth. The word uh, means to be resplendent. It actually means to be splendid, to be dazzling, to be magnificent, glorious, brilliant, stunning and glittering. Because that's the future. Once we've secured our position with the Lord, we're going to shine forever, is what he promises to us. So we've got to practice shining now and doing the best we can. So in Isaiah chapter 60, uh, we'll just read from verses 1 through to 5. I might just sort of throw in a couple of little words that I've got <clears throat> along the way. It starts off to simply arise, shine. 
That's what the Lord tells us to do. You're the light of the world. Arise, shine. That means be luminous. Kindle a fire. It says for your light. It actually means a couple of things. It says your illumination, but it's also your happiness is come. And the glory of the Lord is risen to irradiate or shoot forth beams upon you. Just to behold the darkness, and in that it's talking about the misery and the destruction and the death, ignorance, sorrow and wickedness will cover the earth and gross darkness or a thick gloom the people, but the Lord shall arise. He's going to irradiate and he's going to put the spotlight upon you and me, he says, and his glory will be seen upon thee. And then in verse 3, and the Gentiles shall come to your light. We're always looking for days of revival. The Gentiles will come to this light. The people who have had no, no history or no culture uh, to do with understanding about the Lord, of all places they'll walk in and they'll say, there's something here that grows. There's something here that works. Sometimes people try to describe it as a, I, I walked in, I just saw so many happy people. Now, people wouldn't have necessarily been walking around just with a big smile on their chops all the time, but they're happy people. And they talk with each other and they get along with each other. And they talk about the Lord and they talk about important things. And they talk hope and they talk belief. And they tell of miracles. And people come in and they see and they hear those things. And they think that's wonderful. It says, Gentiles have come to thy light and kings to the brightness of thy rising the brilliance of your rising. Verse 4 says, To lift up your eyes round about and see, all they that gather themselves together, they come to thee. Thy sons shall come from afar, and thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side. And verse 5, And then shalt thou see and flow together. You sort of get this image of, uh, of, of flowing, as in like being in water and so on. But it's actually talking about flowing together. It's like a sparkle as if it's reflecting off of the water. It says you're going to be cheerful. And it says it's like the sheen on a running stream and a a radiance that goes with that. And it says, and your heart shall fear. And that's actually, sometimes I think fear is a bad word. Or sometimes we use fear for respect. In this, if we looked in the Amplified, so that your heart will throb, your heart shall thrill and tremble with joy at the glorious deliverance and be enlarged. He enlarges our heart as it be because the abundance uh, of the sea, the nations, shall be converted unto thee, shall be converted unto thee. They're going to be turned around they're going to be, they're going to repent because of you. They're going to be repent because of the testimony they see. It says, and the forces of the Gentiles will come unto thee. Let's just go to, uh, Acts chapter 2. I'll just say about another type of light just before we finish. Just in Acts chapter 2. A little more, a little more science. I don't apologize. <coughs> We talked about one sort of light before, and we talked about uh, fluorescence. 
about con- converting of really high energy light photons that people can't receive because they don't have receptors for it. People can't look out in any direction and see God. For the way God's chosen to do things is actually shine on and in us and it ends up converted into a type of light that people can see. And that's what actually happens with fluorescence, one type of light. There's another type of light that uh, people worked out and that's the one of the laser, laser light. Light amplification through stimulated emission of radiation. Okay? Light amplification. And amplification, you actually start off with one little photon of light and it engages somewhere and you end up all of a sudden there's two. And those two move through the, uh, the, 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 the lasing medium and you get four, eight, sixteen and so on it goes. And that's the way that I guess the Lord envisaged the church growing. The one will witness to somebody then there'll be two together. Then those two will go out and they'll witness and they'll show what they've got and then there'll be more that will join in and so on it will go. The incredible thing about lasers, there's such a common thing now, initially it was thought, well, it's an interesting phenomenon but nothing more than a curiosity. That's the way people thought about lasers. Now sometimes when we talk to people about the Holy Spirit, they think of it as just merely a curiosity. I can't really quite see the application for that and so on. We talk about all of that. Well, of course, when the power of the laser was realised, just a a number of things that it uh, it was used for. It was used for communication, there was medical applications, there was for building, surveying and so on. It was getting a correct measure of places that were otherwise remote. It was cutting through material, uh, metal and so on. Of course, it was used for weapons, weapons against attack and, and so on. And all of a sudden, it's more than a curiosity. There's so many applications now that we're never going to get rid of lasers. Well, when we talk to people about the Holy Spirit, and we want to get them to understand that that idea of people talking, oh, to receive the Holy Spirit, that's not just a curiosity. When you find out about it and you dig in and you explore it and you see all of the applications and just a few of them, it's by the Holy Spirit that the love of God actually comes into a person's life. It's by the Holy Spirit that people get salvation. By the Holy Spirit we have adoption and we actually get that connection, become part of the family of God. By the Holy Spirit... It's actually the power of God. By the Holy Spirit, people end up with a sound mind. It is a comforter. It is a teacher. It is a builder of faith in people's lives. There's a mechanism for doing all of those things. There are a whole heap of people around the place that are still dealing with the Holy Spirit as just a curiosity. I can't really see that it'll ever be used for anything really practical. Oh, goodness me. For those of us that have received the Holy Spirit, you can't live without it now. You can't live without it. And so we just read about here what did happen in Acts chapter 2 when the day of Pentecost was fully come and they were all gathered uh, in one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind that filled all the house where they were sitting. 
And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. So they got something better than just a fire, just a flame. They didn't get a spark. They got something that could live and burn up all the chaff inside and so on. It says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. But praise the Lord. As soon as the Lord gave you and me the Holy Spirit, it was like a little stamp came on and said, now you are the light of the world. Be that light. Amen. Amen. Amen.